This week on the 414 Live, it's about B2B market domination through differentiation. Simply producing a, a, an incrementally better product or service every time is actually a race to the bottom. So enter the practice of category design. I'll be speaking with Elliot Harrison, who will explain in detail why category design allows you to knock out your competition uh, through avoiding one-on-one -on -one technical comparisons. Apple are masters, of this, uh, are masters of this approach, and Elliot will explain in detail for you so that you can evaluate for yourself how you could use this incredibly powerful marketing technique for your company. Hi, I'm James Rostance and welcome to the 414 Live. Each week with some of the greatest and most interesting minds in B2B marketing. And this, our first official The 414 Live, produced exclusively for the LinkedIn platform as we are uh, some of the first people to be doing the LinkedIn Live. Uh, so here we are. Uh, sorry that we're a little bit late. Uh, there was something going wrong in the background, but we fixed it. And uh, for this first show, we've got an awesome guest on the, on the way today. Uh, so as I explained, category design is about creating your own category of which you are king so that you can achieve market uh, separation first of all and ultimately market domination because you're the king of your own unique category. It's a fantastic principle and it's something that I've um, followed for quite a while now. Uh, but one of the UK's leading experts in the field. I'm delighted to have live on the show right now. So joining us live from Hammersmith in very nice West London. Welcome, Mr. Elliot Harrison. Hi, James. Good to be with you today. There we go. I'm so glad we've got you on air now. And, and it's working <laughs> <in> nice. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, and I've, I realized as well, we're also live streaming the behind the scenes of this on Instagram. And the five minutes of quick madness was live streamed on there. So when you're in front of camera, you're always on camera. Remember that. Yes. <laughs> so you put your cool as anything. <laughs> so we'll let... Um, as an expert in category design, this is why we've got you on. And uh, I guess the first question that I was going to put to you uh, is, uh, could you start by explaining why it is someone would want to design their own category in the first place? And what's the business benefit of that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, many businesses create categories to differentiate. Um, and in the B2B technology sector, which I work in, um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of companies and it's really difficult for people that are choosing um, or trying to choose the technology that they're going to purchase which one to choose so creating categories is the way um, that you try to stand out now a lot of b2b tech companies um, tend to work very closely with analysts um, uh, like Gartner and Forrester who will um, they'll pay a lot of money to to effectively put them in a box and that's great if you're one of the guys that is in the top um, right, you know, in the Gartner Magic Quadrant, um, because you're a leader, but anybody else in that market is just a me too. So the, pur the, the purpose of category design is to define your own category um, and dominate that category um, by not allowing um, someone else to do it for you. So um, the main benefit really of it is if you don't do it, somebody else will. With you. So what would you say are the steps involved in designing your own category? Can you run us through those? 
Yeah, sure. So there are a number of steps. The first one is to you know sit down with the key stakeholders in the business and understand exactly what problem the business solves. Category design is is sort of falling in love with the business issue, the problem um, that the business solves. And it really, um, in sitting down with the founders, you find out exactly how the business kind of came about, what the core messaging is, that kind of thing, and where they um, have come to at that point. Then um, you sit down for a bit more time and work out looking at the way that the competitors uh, in the space are, are kind of acting and messaging themselves, how to tease out those points of differentiation. Um, focuses very heavily on the technology. So if you look at um, the physical products that you have and how that is different, um, that's what it teases out. Then once you've done that, you can create what we call uh, a point of view. So a, a point of view for the business that lists out exactly what the problem is, why the problem is the problem, um, and how the business solves that problem. So at every stage you're thinking about how can I differentiate this business? How can we create a category um, that is different to other categories out there? And how can we demonstrate that we're the leaders in that category and anybody else is just a me too? Once you've done that, you can start working on um, your ecosystem, what we call your, your category ecosystem, which is bringing in other companies and possibly technologies and partners that you can bring together and make part of your ecosystem, um, thus kind of furthering the, the category leadership process. Okay, so after you've then done this and designed your category, what else needs to happen to bring that to life and to make the whole thing happen? Yeah, the reason that categories fail is because um, businesses fail to prosecute on them. They spend a hell of a lot of time and budget focusing on what the category name is. So those kind of three letter acronyms that you see like CRM, um, customer um, revenue management, um, you know, and they don't, they spend all the money focusing on that and not prosecuting the category. So the main thing to do once you've, you're ready and you've got your category and you want to tell the whole world about it, um, is to do what we call a lightning strike. And it's not just one lightning strike, right? Um, there are multiple lightning strikes that you have to carry out. And what we mean by a lightning strike is um, a very um, kind of pressured, small amount of time um, that you're intensely um, hitting the market with your message. So that would be through PR, through marketing, through partner events, um, analyst um, interviews and analyst days. That kind of thing. So you're you're demonstrating your your dominance at one particular point in time. Once you've done that, you've got to work on the next bounce of the ball. So what can I now, in my next lightning strike, go out to the market with that is sort of furthering the story from the story we've just told? Um, and then you've just got to make sure that everybody in the business is behind it. Another reason categories fail is because um, you don't have everybody that's kind of working in the same direction. Um, in the book Play Bigger, which lays out the kind of concept of category design in great detail, um, they have the concept of Zs. Um, Zs are people that um, kind of kick against the bricks of the category. Um, they don't like the process, it scares them, it's changed, we don't get it, or you know, it's not invented here, we don't understand it. And these are the people that will kill the process and almost suck the life out of the process, which is otherwise incredibly exciting. So there are a number of things that can go wrong, but there are a number of important things to do. Um, and the main thing is to prosecute and constantly prosecute upon the category.
With you. Uh, it, uh, it just occurred to me then that they're basically the equivalent of the business fun police. Uh, ones who yeah, are on they board are. with the idea, right? Yeah, yeah uh, they are. And, and the problem is, is that so many businesses that, um, that are trying to execute a category tend to get every man and his dog involved. Whereas really yeah. it should be a, a very specific set of people um, that are designed um, and solely in the room, all kind of going in the same direction. Our job is to, you know, create and prosecute this new category and everybody else has to play ball and if you don't sorry you know we're not playing That's, with you anymore i can see this would probably, probably be good for businesses just in general because you're then making sure am i right in saying this making sure everyone's aligned with the business's uh, focus and direction and anyone who's not a team player you're you've got a legitimate reason to say look sort yourself out or or get out is that fair enough yeah yeah absolutely you know when you're you know category design is, is you know is business change and although it's um driven a lot by marketing you know you work with the cmo and the ceo and you try and get the founders insights it's prosecuted very heavily by marketing um, and communications, so you need PR, you need the marketing team, and the whole business has to be behind it. You need the sales guys behind it as well. You need the sales guys to go out and start talking to customers, you know, with that category message in mind, with that point of view that I talked about just now in mind. It's so important that everybody is behind it. If not, it just kills it before it's got anywhere. Nice. And what? Um... Could you talk us through some of your favourite case study examples of category design done really well? Some of your favourites? Yeah, 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 sure. So um, I guess one of my favourites is one that I've worked on personally. So we have a client called Altify, and these guys are a, um, you know, they, they're, they're based on the Salesforce platform, they're a technology that's based on the Salesforce platform. What they are effectively is a sales methodology, um, and they're, you know, really cool business startup based out of Ireland. Um, and they've got you know great team involved but the message that they had just wasn't working so we worked with them to develop their new category um and that we launched about a year ago now um and the great part of the story is we prosecuted upon it because as an agency we understand the importance of category design we prosecuted on it as often as we could um and the, my favorite part of the story is they've they've just been they've become so attractive to the market that they've just been bought you know, for, for tens of millions of dollars, they've just been purchased. Now, if that doesn't showcase the strength of category design, I don't know what does. Um, yeah. Another really good example is um, Qualtrics, um, really exciting business startup. Um, they prosecuted category design incredibly well, and they got bought by SAP for billions of dollars. Um, so there are so many examples out there. Um, one of the things that I would say is, um, I find it a shame that you know, some of these guys tend to sell quite early. Um, it's nice to, you know, prosecute the category properly rather than, you know, look pretty to the market for a while and then kind of go for the first guy that comes in to try and buy you. Um, it's nice to prosecute effectively and, and, and constantly and then see where you're at then. With you. uh, you're, you're using the word prosecute. Uh, is it, yeah, uh, what I mean is execute, you know, um, you know, take, you know, take what you've learned from the category and execute that you know yeah. as best you can oh uh okay sure and um, well at this point this will be a good time to uh say to our viewers on linkedin live if there's a question that you'd like to put to elliot uh for us to take from your life about category design please put them in the comments box now and in just uh, a few moments we'll come back to elliot and um 
put your questions to him. So if you have a question about category design, please do put them in the comments box now uh, and we will seek to um, tap on higher wisdom to give you the right answer and best answer. Is that fair enough, Elliot? Yeah, that's fine. Good by me. <laughs> nice. Right. Um, well, my next question uh, was then, is there anything that can go wrong in category design? And in which case, is there anything, anything that you can do to mitigate against it? Yeah, so we talked a bit about um, some of the things that can go wrong just now. Um, but the main thing is the Zs, really. When you're very early on in the process, you've got to hoik out those guys that are kicking against the bricks and don't understand the process or are deliberately kind of rolling those subtle grenades uh, that blow up a bit later on and kind of ruin the whole process. It's important also to make sure that the whole business understands what the process is. So, you know, when you're about to launch your category, don't just launch it to the outside world and forget about your business. The business needs to be behind it as well. So you need to get the sales team involved, the marketing team involved, you know, finance team involved. Everybody needs to come and understand where the business has come from, where the business is going, what the purpose of this process is, and what it's going to do for the business in the future. Um, then, once you've launched the category, there are a lot of other things that could go wrong. Maybe you didn't sit down and work hard enough on your category or somebody got there before you. That's even worse. You know, you put all mm. this work in, somebody got there before you and you didn't go back and think about maybe you should change, you know, tact slightly. Um, but generally, all of that stuff can get done quite, you know, sort of left shifted. That stuff can get done early. The stuff that can really go wrong is around when you're executing upon the category and you're going out there to the market. And if you don't have a strong enough story and you don't have a strong enough ecosystem and you don't have a, you know, a bunch of customers that you can wheel out to talk about the category on your behalf, then you're going to have some issues. Nice. Uh, whilst, um, you, you were saying that's uh, one of the UK's top voiceover artists has uh, has actually given me the answer for um, you know we, I, I was I was a little bit confused as to the use of the word prosecute, uh, but um, so Grant Francis says continue with a brackets course of action with a view to its completion and he qualifies yes. that with a serious threat to the government's ability to prosecute the war. Great English, ah, yes. yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd never knew that. Very but good there English. We go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as an English graduate, I love that. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> nice. Uh, there we go. Um, and hello to Mike Borelli as well, uh, global digital marketing leader in B2B. Oh, okay, let's do the question from Mike then. So, question uh, for you, Elliot. Uh, Mike asks, do you suggest a minimum investment to start with? And he's thinking uh, about an SME in context. For example, how a startup could launch their first new category. That's a great question. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, of course, there are, you know, generally, you know, this process is, is, is time based um, and it takes a long, long time. I think in terms of investment, you need to be thinking, you know, it's going to be a significant amount of money and it's going to be a significant amount of time. Um, and often, especially when we speak to smaller businesses, they tend to kind of go, oh, no, you know, that's 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 a huge amount of money and we'll do whatever we can to help them out, of course. Um, the most exciting thing for us as an agency is just to be able to do it because it's a really cool thing to get involved with. But I think you need to consider um, in terms of investment, not just you know what the kind of monetary kind of value is because that will be proven down the line if you execute on the category correctly. But in terms of time, a lot of um, businesses fail to understand the sheer amount of time it will take to 
you know, not just go through the founder's insight piece that I've talked about, which is basically the history of the business and where it came from, through to kind of solving, you know, what the problem is to start with and then how to solve the problem. You know, it, it, it takes a long time to work to get to that point alone, let alone go ahead and execute. So I would say, you know, be prepared for it to take a long time, but trust me, it's worth it. So are we talking three weeks here to execute such a, a, oh, a mammoth no, task? No, 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 no. You're talking months, if not years. I mean, you know, these businesses that, that you know, execute category design incredibly well um, will be working on it for years and years and will constantly try to refine their category as they move through that process. It's not something that you can just do and then drop and it's done and your hands off. It has to be constantly evolved. As businesses move and change and the markets move and change, you need to be agile. Um, and if you know, for, for a category leader one day, yeah, you may be one day, but the next day, maybe not. So you always need to have your eye on your category and make sure that you're dominating it in the way that um, the way that you need to. With you. Uh, oh, let's take a question now from Zoe Lick. Could you clarify on the difference between a category design and a marketing strategy that differentiates the business offer from other businesses, or does it come to a similar process? Um, it is different. It's fundamentally different, in fact. So, category design is is the process of like defining your market. So, it's not at the product level. Um, so, when you you know when we talk about category design, we mean you know customer revenue management, you know, that, you know, those kind of three letter acronyms that you associate with technology companies, you know, marketing automation software, those kinds of names where you go, I understand that market. Um, it, it's not, a, it's not a case of um, launching new messaging. Messaging does come later and it is a fundamental part of it, but it's a much more higher level business change process than that. Okay. Uh, and what would be your advice then for a marketing department interested in taking this forward and taking their first steps towards in designing, creating and implementing their own category. Yeah, so if you're a marketing department that's, you know, maybe watch this or will watch it and has gone, oh yeah, I fancy a bit of that, I might have a go. The first thing to do is to go, well, go and buy the book for a start. Go out, buy the book called Play Bigger. Um, it's an excellent read um, written by some of our colleagues over in the States who are all excellent marketers in their own right, CMOs and, and in fact a journalist as well you know, who have years and years of experience in doing this. So go and buy the book and read the book. The second thing to do is go and share the book with your CEO. Make sure your CEO reads the book. You can't go through this process until you read the book. Then you've got to work out whether it's right for you right now. And in some cases, it might not be. And in fact, in quite many cases, it's just it just doesn't feel right for the business or it just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. But if you go through all that and it does feel right, you know, you need to start thinking about what the market looks like, where you're at right now, what comes next, what your category could be um, for B2B tech companies, how your technology plays into that, and you know what your technology roadmap is, and how fundamentally you differentiate yourself as a business. Those are the first things to focus on. Then after that, you can call someone like me and we can help um, prosecute on that category. Thank you very much. So just to recap, so it's Play Bigger yeah, is the book. Uh, I can yeah, Play Bigger. I can't remember the name of the authors either. That's really bad. Uh, but yeah, play bigger. Just Amazonify it. Yep. Uh, yeah. And... The authors are um, Chris Lockhead, um, Al Ramadan, Dave Peterson, and Kevin Maney. All excellent oh, guys. Absolute experts. Go. Far, far cleverer than me. <laughs>
<laughs> nice. Right, well, there we go. That pretty much brings us to, to the end of it. Oh, actually, no. Um, here we go. I just want to say a quick, quick shout out to Lexi Reese, uh, Industrial Li- Liaison Officer at University of Portsmouth. Hey, Lexi. Um, that is Elliot thank you so much for joining me uh, today on the show I think we made it through our first official LinkedIn live uh, relatively smoothly uh, yeah I think we did <laughs> indeed uh, so this is Mr Elliot Harrison uh, from Positive Marketing uh, in Hammersmith West London if after everything you've gone through and reading the book give Elliot in fact connect with him on LinkedIn He's, he, he comes up with some great stuff on LinkedIn so it'll just be cool to connect with him uh, as a contact anyway and in the meantime then, so uh, the 414 Live is our weekly show uh, that we'll be doing here uh, live on LinkedIn, interviewing and speaking with some of the greatest and most interesting minds in B2B marketing every week. Uh, if you haven't already, p- uh, please do subscribe to the podcast app. I was looking around for my phone then to show you the, uh, uh, the, the app. So yes, if you haven't already, subscribe to the 414 on your podcast favorite podcasting app so that you get this show each and every week just in case you miss the live Uh, but failing that uh, we'll be doing this mornings most of the time on a Thursday but uh, next week we'll be here live at 11.30 on next Friday uh, to do our next The 414 The 414 Live nearly made it through without screwing up some words there we go thank you very much for watching my name's James Ross Dance and we'll see you next time